Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Ollie Davis, and I am joined by Luke Owen, D A D. Hello, Swerf Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm adjusting my mic arm because Dan Layton was in here. Well, uh, in fairness to Dan Layton, it was <laughs> all over the show from Laurie Blake, and oh. then Dan had to adjust it into that position. Ah. Um, and in fact, actually, Dan didn't adjust it. I had to adjust it for him from sat in this position here. But surely Laurie knows the best place for a mic up. Well, you'd think, wouldn't yeah. you? Know? He was also sat like in the corner because mm. they weren't being recorded. It was for audio only. Um, but anyway, how are you? All right? Yeah. Yeah, you're seeing you. I'm, I'm doing good. Thank you very much. Um, I've been looking forward to talking to you about the Chris and Rosie Ramsey show. I... Did you watch the second episode? No. So the first I, didn't, episode, I didn't love it enough to ever watch it again. Well, that, that was the kind of discussion we were having when mm. we were like, is this... Because we both are on a bit of a Ramsey kick at the moment because we're enjoying him on Taskmaster. Ooh. Again, I don't know if I'm on a Ramsey kick. I, yeah, you are turning around on him, though. The sausage spinning task was one of the all-time great Taskmaster moments. Yeah. Mm. Did, have you ever listened to his podcast? No. That he does with... So, I make fun, my wife listens to it, and I I listen to it in sort of passing and stuff, and I listen to it virtually by osmosis because my wife listens to it. Every episode is virtually the same thing, which is that they get emails and Rosie will go, Dear Chris and Rosie, I did a pool once and it landed on my partner's face. And then Chris will like, Ah, oh, no, man! Ah, oh, no! <laughs> no! And that is basically the podcast for an hour. Yeah. I enjoy the Geordie accent. In small doses. <laughs> no way, man! Ah, oh, no! Hour long. I think I just get to 100, a hundred thousand downloads in the first hour. I always get to the point where I'm like, "But you're putting this on. <laughs> you don't get when you go home and the door closes and it's just you." Actually, Queen's English. Hello, Rosie. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I watched the second episode of it, and it is just as fine as the first one uh the format for the uh, majority of the listeners who have no idea what we're talking about it's a new bbc talk show that feels like it should be on a friday night or a saturday mm. night and it's oddly on a monday night that was adapted from a, a podcast. podcast and it is where a couple a comedian couple they're not get, a comedian couple 
They're just a couple. He then. is a comedian, and she is his wife, who has now become a TV personality. Oh, I just assumed she was also a comedian. No, that's always huh. that was kind of the joy of the podcast is that he was. It was just this regular couple. It's just that one of them happens to be a famous comedian. Oh, well, that's weird that she plays characters then. Yeah, I think she is a drama school kid. Ooh. That. You know, she's a theatre school kid. That's now like, oh, cool, now I can do some stuff here. Yeah, because the moment that made me stop watching, not out of rage, just out of, I'm done with this <laughs> part of my evening now, last week, was when she suddenly started doing a bit where she pretended to be a, a kind butcher. of butcher. Barry Beef. Yes. And apparently, according to my wife, that is a character from three years ago on the podcast that never took off. Mm. And Chris always thought it was really rubbish and... Uh, he thinks that they shouldn't do that anymore. Mm. So it's weird that it's now on the TV version. Yeah, it feels like something that shouldn't have gotten out of the first or second drop. But that's okay, you know, it's well okay. done to yeah. them. They turned a podcast into a TV show. Maybe these feelings are jealousy. Anyway, they bring a celebrity couple on. They talk to them about celebrity couple things. And then they talk to normal, boring folk about them. But those are the interesting bits. Those are the, yeah, they've got more salacious stories. Yeah, because like the, the idea is that Chris and Rosie Ramsey, yeah, one of them is famous and is on TV all the time, but like they're also just a normal, regular couple that have their normal, regular couple things, and that's kind of the joy of the podcast. Uh, it's not the same thing when you interview Jamie Lang and his wife because their stories are like we would just come from Barbados. It's like that's that's not a regular person thing in a private chat. Exactly. Yeah. It's like oh, you know, we're just like every other couple going to Barbados in a private chat. I'm like, no, you're not. It's not his fault. He was born into the <laughs> McVitie's empire. I like J- Jamie Lang. And I, I feel like to, I'm go to bat for Jamie. I was going to say I feel like I'm in the minority here because I think he is a bit of a bellend. Who was on it? The episode you saw? Uh, Martin Kemp and his wife. His name is, escapes me now. Who's also a pop singer in the eighties? Martin Kemp being of Spando Ballet, a yeah. band you absolutely love. Mm, bing, bing. I might have bought the rights to this song. <laughs> 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 that sounds so baller, doesn't it? Yeah. It was 15 quid. <laughs> <laughs> For one video. Yeah, one video. What a service. We were trying to find another song. I know. Yesterday. I was, I, but so, none of that artist's music is on this service. It was a moment of, of clarity I had mm. when we were just finishing up filming. I turned to one of our team and I said, we should buy the rights to that song <laughs> for a video because I bet it was like 15 oh. quid. And he was like, that's a great idea. Yeah. And I was like, and I said to you and you're like, that is an amazing idea. And I was like, it's not on the service. I've got my checkbook out, started to write in big letters, £15 only. Yeah. Just go on that website. Let's just have, so what it is, it's a website okay. that lets us buy the rights to, to one song for one video. Yes. And when it was sent to us, I was like, all right, I can't wait to have random Swedish pop singer uh thing mm. but no they've got actual songs on there so maybe what we should do is find a song yeah. and reverse engineer the thing oh, we want to I, do I see what you're it. saying uh, i mean who would you like to search for <clears throat> what what have they got on their featured uh so if i go to the featured um uh Anne marie I'm really um, familiar with current pop star and that's what I feel voice like I'm, church and Marie. The Offspring are on here. Ooh. I'm actually, I mean, editor Rich told me that Faith No More are available on here. Lewis Capaldi is on here. What's your favourite Offspring song? It, it's problem is it's obviously it's pretty fly for a white guy, mm, but that song is basic quite choice, quite dated as well. Is it? <laughs> I mean, 
it's incredibly dated because it came out in the year 2000. But also it's like... Timeless! It, but it's not, though, because, I mean, we were listening to... It's on my Spotify playlist and stuff in the car. On your iPod. And it is on my iPod Classic. Um, and my wife heard it. She's like, sounds quite dated now, isn't it? Dated in a, a in in sort of like a charmful way or dated in a rock doing ethnic accent? Um, a little from column A, a little from column uh, B. You know, no, it, no, it, not column B. There's also references to Ricky Lake in it, so you know, yeah. which really does place it in a go time. Go on, Ricky Lake. <laughs> What's the bad thing? Well, there's they like that. Give it to me, babe. Like that stuff. And is that in an accent? I think it is. Yeah. <gasps> I never even thought that. I just thought they were singing. Yeah. But I get what, what and, you're and saying. And he's like, and all the homies say, "I'm pretty fly for a white guy." Is that not cool? I, I, as far as I'm aware, homies. No. <laughs> We're homies. Insane Clown Posse had a song called Homies. I used to love that jam. It was on uh, Backyard Wrestling too. Talk about my homies, homies. Talk about road dogs of mine. My mother effing homies. Is homies specifically a, a race thing in this I, context? I, I don't know. You would maybe I'm it, wrong in this. Maybe it just means sort of, you know, the tough guys. <laughs> The insane clown possibly. But he then oh, does define himself as a white guy. Yeah. Hmm. Posse. God damn, it's um, catchy though. Unfortunately, the insane clown posse are not available on this service. Well, that's pretty fly for a white guy. How can we do something okay. with that? Uh, let's just see if it's on here first. You've got to it put is. brackets. That is, that is on there. Uh, it's two pretty fly brackets for a white for a guy. White there guy. is by the offspring and also by the piano tribute players is also available. Uh, I mean, I was going to suggest see if. Oh, we do. We're, we're, we're getting somewhere here. Um, is. Ah, oh, Believe by Cher is not on here. <gasps> I believe in life after love. So that is like one of the first terrible songs. songs. Hey. <laughs> that is one of the first pop songs to make it big that uses auto-tune as an overt aesthetic decision rather than just a hidden corrective device. But it's bizarre. Fascinating. Me and me and my wife were listening to Turn Back Time. Uh, in the car, as well as um, it's there in his kiss, which is legit one of the top ten greatest pop songs ever written. And every time I live, like, how can you tell if it loves me so? And like, if I could turn back time. Every time I listen, I was like, why did she feel the need to auto tune her already amazing voice? It's like asking, like, Meatloaf is one of the world's greatest singers. Well, was one of the world's greatest singers. And it's like, oh, I think I'll probably need to auto tune myself here. Not sure if I'm hitting all of these notes correctly, even though I am. First off, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be. <laughs> that was a really good share impression. Thank you very much. For a guy, for a white but guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, no, I, I disagree. I think she, she can obviously sing. Yeah. That's not the point. It's like, I'm going to do a song and I want to sound like a robot. It's part of the aesthetic of the song. <laughs> it's a weird aesthetic, though. But it launched Akon. <laughs> it paved how CM Punk <laughs> chopped down the trees <laughs> to build the house of AEW. Yeah, Share auto-tune so, so Akon bad, could. Bad artist could how ruin good songs by Gwen Akon. Stefani. Akon ruined Gwen Stefani's, um, oh, what's that track called? Um, Sweet Escape. That is a great song ruined by Akon. I don't think we're, I think we've reached an impasse. <laughs> I, I, I can't see how we can 
agree on this. Uh, anyway, let's get into the AEW review. We've got some emails from you all at the end of the show. Uh, here it is. Oh, oh, and if anyone wants us to to reverse engineer an idea from a song we can buy the rights to, yeah, let us know. We'll let see us if the, know. Let us know. We'll see yeah. if the song is available. Uh, anyway, here is the show. Is CM Punk turning heel? Have we just had the foreshadowing, tantalising glimpses of a summer of punk in AEW? What a very interesting, fascinating promo go-home segment that has made me more excited about AEW than maybe the Impact Invasion. Yes, you don't know this. That's how I feel. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, D-A-D. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast. Happy third birthday, AEW. Please give us a subscribe. Press the thumbs up button. Leave a comment down below and get in your... Oh! Mega chats, mega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support or read out every single one of them over five US dollars. Uh, I've also just got this message from Pete Quinnell, uh, push Patreon. And... It is a pay-per-view this Sunday, double or nothing. That's not why we're pushing Patreon. Go over to WrestleTalk's Patreon. That's who this episode is brought to you by. It's, it's not, but Pete's just asked me to push Patreon because we're quite close to reaching a Patreon goal that we've never reached before, which is the most patrons we've ever had. We're like five people away. And there's a lot of great stuff going on for Patreon. We'll talk about it a little bit later on. Um, I'm just telling you what Pete's told me to say. Please join us on Patreon. Please do. We've got loads of exclusive content there. So. Oh, this segment. I loved it. Should we just briefly run through what happened Please. First? I want to relive this mm. over and over again. Tony Schiavone, biggest shock, actually got to do a, <laughs> I am doing an interview between two people. He was also, though, Tony the mic stands, you yeah. know, just holding it so CM Punk could, like, speak into it. But he would occasionally. And what do you think, Hangman? Doing the great, hard-hitting journalistic work that he is capable of. Yeah, yeah. And it's CM Punk, Hangman Page, go-home promo for... I mean, is this the biggest match in AEW history? I would say so, because this is a $1 million gate. This is AEW's biggest like revenue earner they've had in terms of tickets sold for an event. That would suggest to me that this is packed out because... And actually, that I will say, though, that was on the strength of no matches being announced. But everyone had sort of presumed following on from Revolution, Punk is challenging mm. for the, the title. Um, and I think the interest levels for this match are through the... I'm going to be so interested to see what the buy, the buy rate is for this show. Because yeah. AEW have had buy rates go up after every single show. And I'm so interested to see if that's going to continue or even skyrocket off the back of this match. I hope Eric Bischoff <laughs> sees the numbers. Well, no, he, he has seen the numbers, but he has terrible opinions that he needs to share. Otherwise, no one pays attention to him. He's Booker T. Yeah. Booker T has to say dumb things because that's how people cover him in news. If he just says what we're all thinking, then no one talks about it. So he has to say things like, I think uh, left-handed left people are weird because then people will write a headline about it. Yeah. Controversy creates clicks. Nobody knows that better than Bischoff. Well, unless, of course, you go too controversial and you do oh. a, a potential, you know, hey, 
did you mention something about Jesus on uh, a, a good Sunday episode? Because pff, it's too far, man. <laughs> Controversy does create cash, but I'm offended. So Punk and Hangman Page are there. And you're like, okay, what direction are they going to take here? We're going to have a big angle. Hasn't really had that. It's been a great build. But let's be honest, and I'm not saying this as a neg, a low-key build. Yeah. And Punk starts things off with like, this is just all business to me. Uh, I don't want you to be offended. So please don't take this personally. Why are you taking this personally, Paige? Your little personal, personal poo-poo head. I have written here, Punk cuts an insincere promo. Mm. Because that's what this felt like. And this was when, I, this was my first inkling of, this feels like heel punk because he was talking about like, Hey, you know, like for me, we're, you know, I'm going into this Sunday as the challenger. I'm going to walk out as the champion and I'm doing it for all of these fans. You people. And in fact, like it was a, and the only reason I said it was insincere is because I think punk does, you know, he wants to win the title. Of course he wants to win the title. That's why his whole goal of coming back to wrestling was to be the world champion of all elite wrestling. And he is, he does love the fans. But this in particular was him saying it, not because he meant it, but because it was going to rile Hangman up. Because Hangman's journey in AEW has been this fan swell of support behind him. That's a whole three-year journey to him winning that world title. And now he's won the world title. It does feel like the fans are just moving over to Punk instead, this brand new Buzz Lightyear. Hangman was booed, not <clears throat> massively, but he did have boos in this segment because people, and I think that is just fueling the story even further. So when CM Punk is in the ring being like, and I'm doing it for all of these fans, it's to really get into Hangman's head. Yeah, it's like, is that a heel thing to do though? Or is that just a smart veteran with experience That's exactly it, who yeah. can cope with this kind of pressure? Well, until he walks out of the company. <laughs> <laughs> who has been there, done that, learned from it, whereas Hangman Page, it's his first time in this rodeo pun intended. So Hangman replies by just going... <gasps> But in a very cool, intentional way, he he said, I had this whole thing planned. I was going to cut a promo on you. I had a pipe bomb, you know, because Las Vegas, that's where Punk's pipe bomb took place. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I had this whole thing in my head. I was going to sit at the top of that stage, sit down cross-legged and roll a pipe down to you in the ring and have it explode in your face. And the pressure got to him. Well, he didn't, he, he, yeah, he didn't overtly say the no. pressure got to him, but it felt like that. And he just said, I pity you, punk. I have no respect for you. And then he just go, it's rambly. But like we said, I believe this is intentional because even punk brought it up. He was like, you're talking in circles. You're being weird, man. Stop. Why are you taking it so personal? <laughs> it's just business. Just chill out. Just man. chill out. <laughs> Calm down. All right. Uh, <laughs> And, All right, love. Yeah, and this is, you know, this is Hangman's insecurities, his self-esteem issues coming back. But he is passionate about it. And he turns, he, he hits on a thing. And it's all very subtle. And he alludes to this larger issue that hasn't been brought up in storylines. It's not even been reported in the wrestling dirt sheets. But he said, I love AEW. I'm not just going to defend this AEW World Championship against you this Sunday. I'm going to defend all elite wrestling against you this Sunday. And or defend it from you. Like it, <coughs> from exactly. You, yeah. it's, it's from keeping you away and not having you not be our top guy. Because he implied that while Punk out here is an absolute fan darling and he's always really respectful, 
backstage, it's another thing entirely. I mean, there have been reports that he's quite, uh, not like he keeps himself to himself, but uh, you hear stories that people don't like punk. And, but that, those have been stories that have been around for oh, years. Yeah. Like, that has been, that's followed punk throughout his entire career. I think CM Punk himself would say, not many people like me, really. When we spoke with Eddie Kingston, Kingston was just like, I hate him. Yeah. And I believe him. He's got his he's got his friends yep. who suck up to him. But, presumably Dax and Cash. Yeah, but <laughs> they're all just being grumpy together backstage. And, and watching Bret Hart tapes. <laughs> like, that was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was actually. Whereas everyone else sees Punk for what he is. Mm. And but we fans kind of like lap up a lot of what Punk does. And I just think there was so much there were so many subtle mm. things in this, but which is why I found it to be just so fascinating to watch. Because you're right, like you use the word low key build. Mm. And I think that's what's making me love this more. Because I went into the show thinking, like, okay, what we need here is like that big blow off angle to this to make you really excited for the, the pay per view. But we didn't get that. All we got was just Punk getting into Hangman Page's head more. Page snapping, realizing that he snapped and being angry at himself while Punk smiles. And I was like, that is just the absolute perfect go-home angle mm. for this feud. A single punch. That like you look at other go-home segments on this episode, ten man brawls, fireballs, I'm a wizard. Security. One punch. Yeah. And it is it's the most exciting thing in wrestling for me for 18 months. Yeah. Uh, a lot of this promo just feels like the tip of an iceberg. And when you look back at the last month, it's been like, why is Paige so annoyed at Punk? Like, why did he come out four weeks ago and just cut that sort of, why well, like, Punk's just doing films and stuff? And like, it's like this was just meant to be a babyface, babyface match, right? Yeah. But now it's like all these hints at things is not frustrating me because I don't know it or they haven't set it up. If anything, it's making me more interested and curious in the next step because I went into this episode with full expectation, Punk's going to win on Sunday and then he'll move on to the next feud. And now I'm like, Punk could win on Sunday, Hangman could win on Sunday, but I know this for sure, this is the first match in a programme. Oh, you think this is going to be an ongoing thing? I think whatever happens on Sunday, we are going to see the drip feeding of information from whatever these two characters are clashing over. And hopefully, Paige is proven right. Eddie's proven right. MJF is proven right. Punk is the snake. And he's wormed his way back in. And he know like he knows how to hide this this time because once he's got the championship, he can just take over. Oh my god! It's I, I'm I cannot tell you how excited I am for the match on yeah. Sunday because I have got Hangman's my guy, despite the fact he doesn't like Marvel movies. He is <laughs> my guy, and I want to see him win on Sunday above anything else because mm. I thought it was interesting. Actually, um, I was looking back at his title defenses that he's had, the exception of Lance Archer. It's all people that came in over the same weekend. It was Punk. He's feuding with Punk, Danielson, and Cole. Oh, God, yeah. So it's all from that, like, one week before All Out, 
where CM Punk returned and then Danielson and Cole debuted at All Out. So this is Hangman like beating all of the new toys that have come in that have become like the new popular thing in the company. This is his last one to kind of mm, knock off. I hadn't thought of that. And I think that adds another interesting element to it. But there's also this part of me that's like, but there's a really interesting story here if Punk wins the belt. And do I want to see that more than I want to see my guy win? Which makes me, I, I cannot wait for, for this Sunday's match. Just to kind of finish off the, the segment, so Punk, like Hangman cut his promo. And as you said, it was quite rambly. And Punk then responds by being like, look, you're going around in circles. And all the things you're talking about, like the roads you walked were paved by me. Mm-hmm. The house that you built was built from lumber, from trees that I chopped down. And he's just like, I'm the whole reason for this. And then he's like, do you know what? You should shake my hands. You don't shake my hand on Sunday. You're going to shake my hand right now. And so the hangman's starting to get all fired up. He's like, I don't know where you're getting personal about this. It's just business. I'm just looking for a friendly handshake for this. I'm shoving his hand into his chest. And Paige punches him in the face and immediately regrets his decision because he snapped. And Punk goes down to the floor and he's holding onto his jaw like something like, oh, I think he might have knocked the tooth loose. And Paige just goes, woof. And he walks out of the ring and he stops on the ramp as if he's going to do something else. And he just walks off in a huff incredible performance mm. from Paige and Punk is just in the ring and he's got the upper hand and do you know what is great about this and what I, I, the last thing I want to say about this the lead up to all of Edge's feuds that he's had since he's come back he has had promos like I'm in your heads <laughs> and it doesn't really work if you're telling someone oh by the way I'm doing mind games on you this works because Punk isn't overly saying, hey, I'm doing mind games on you. We're just seeing that ourselves. Mm. And I, I love it so much. As usual with Punk, as we saw in the MJF feud, that they are playing and subverting the rules of wrestling storytelling. It's, it's, it's quite something. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's see what you all think. Get in your Omega chats, of course, to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Charles Berg says, My favourite thing for a feud is when the ending can go many different ways, and I wouldn't feel robbed. They could both remain face, one could turn heel, and either man could win, and I'll be satisfied. I'm really looking forward to double or nothing jam that jam. Same here, bud. It's me and I doing the live reactions to it this Sunday as well. Mm. Very excited. Nikos Lindoros. For how short it's been, Punk vs. Page has been built to perfection. This segment was excellent, with great lines and deliveries from both, while showcasing the contrast in their characters brilliantly. I genuinely don't know what's going to happen in the match. Yeah. Everyone's excitement has gone up to the next level for this match. That's what go-home shows should do. Meng! I don't see any heel punk. This is all Hangman being insecure that his title reigns get overshadowed by punk being so over with the fans. He asserts himself to be protecting us from punk. Do we even need that? <sighs> Smelling a you people promo from Paige coming. That's so interesting there. Like, I hadn't thought that from Meng, but he's right. Paige thinks he needs to protect us from punk, but we all seem to be quite on board for CM Punk mm. and like CM Punk winning the belt. So is Paige wrong here? Paige has cr- like, created himself this vision where he has to be the saviour of this company. Initially, he's wrong. And people start turning against him. And he seems like a raving conspiracy nut. Until, oh no, Punk is a bad guy. Hangman was right all along and we forced him out of the company. Who will save us? Well, oh, it's the Sting storyline. It's Sting and NWO. Yeah. Uh, They're the, not going to keep Paige off TV for a year, yeah. are they? The bad one, Jam Beard. I guess I'm in the minor- minority, but I don't want to see a heel punk. I'd rather him stay as an anti-hero, and when he beats Paige for the title, that's what starts the path for Paige to turn heel, feeling the fans left him. But I don't want to see heel Paige. And I think that this character at this point doesn't need to be heel. I think that you can have the fans turn on him, but he is not a heel. It works so well for Cody. Um, no, because I think because Cody was never right. That was part of the uh, problem, and I, I, that's the story you're telling. Is that like eventually Paige is proven oh, correct in this? What I mean is, I don't want to see all dastardly heel Hangman Page now cutting you people promos. No, no. I think the way a Hangman heel term would work in uh, um, Jam Beard's scenario is if he's just like. He th- he's a justified heel. In his own mind, he thinks he's doing everything right. But he's bending the rules to to protect AEW. I'm like, dude, we're fine. Why are you taking it so personal? Aaron Hamrahan, Memberg for 10 months. I love this because I think Hangman wants Punk to feel the pressure he did when facing Omega. This is great. I popped for the moving graphic also, Ollie. Mm-hmm. So delightful. Uh, Hawk the Outcast, 823. Hey, lads. First, Paige being kind of paranoid about Punk reminds me of when Sting turned heel in TNA. Oh, man, he's going to do Joker face paint as well. <laughs> leading to the double turn with Immortal. Secondly, just join the Patreon. Happy to support my favourite wrestling channel on YouTube. Thank, Thank you. you. Where are we at? Have we passed that? Uh, let's have a look. Uh, and Riot DR, hey yo. The most infuriating thing a person can do to someone that's already upset is respond calmly. Calm down. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hangman sees this as a culmination of his entire career. Punk sees this as just another Sunday, referencing that MJF uh, oh, line. God. I can't wait. Uh, of course, as a Liverpudlian, you know, calm down. <laughs> hey, well. calm down, calm down. We actually had a few more in. The guilty hat, Hangman is my champ, and I've been openly anti-punk fans for a while. Dude. <laughs> but while this... Pro- but after this promo, I'm not sure Hangman can win this. I think we're getting secret heel champ punk moving forward, smiling while twisting the knife. It would be so amazing. He though. does wear cool shirts, though. <laughs> <laughs> and finally for now, Brian Moore. Punk has to win based on the story, and this feud is definitely continuing. Also, have you seen Great O'Khan's social media? That man is really enjoying Las Vegas. Well, let's head on over to the old Twitter no, machine. I've seen it. Will Ospreay said... Great O'Khan asked me not to post this until after he'd run in tonight. And it's like Great O'Khan holding two ladies of the night, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh wow. Yeah. I'm just seeing that. Crikey. That's yes. the one. <laughs> God said. I had to wait a lot. <laughs> what body part are you going to work over, Great O'Khan? The, the ass, ass will. will. The <laughs> ass will. Yes. Uh, right, before we get on with the play-by-play of Dynamite, Patreon! We have slightly revamped our Patreon page with the launch of CBW last weekend. What's CBW, you say? It's our role-playing wrestling game series that returned with me and Luke in, along with Laurie, Adam, Rosie, uh... Maybe someone else watched the first episode. I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> yeah, and head of creative Tom is sort of like our dungeon master taking us through things, or game master in, in this case. Uh, head of creative. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Ollie and I are playing characters, brothers, uh, the, the precious medals, the current tag team champions. Feuding brothers. Maybe feuding brothers. Definitely feuding. Um, and yeah, we've just returned after two years from our, the first season. Uh, the reaction to the fir- first episode has been so so amazing people are calling it the best twist ever yeah i think so i think it is yeah 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 uh but we've got a load more perks on patreon for that we've got a sort of podcast interview series behind the scenes yeah the first so after the first episode go and then listen to the podcast which is laurie adam and tom breaking down all the decisions made some really interesting juicy mm. behind the scenes little nuggets of information in there we've also got some other perks in there cbw related like uh video cameos from the cast members uh, signed artwork and things like that by lucha lou and there's always the other great WrestleTalk patreon perks like us reviewing judgment day 2002 which has got one of Stone Cold Steve Austin's last runs. It is the death of the British Bulldog, the death of the WWF into WWE, the early starts mm. of TNA. We talked about like what Jeff Jarrett is currently doing and getting that guy Dan Weston. <laughs> <laughs> we go through all the observers and the figure fours and stuff like that, breaking down all the history and then review a show that legit made me stop watching wrestling. And After Dark as well, a drunk podcast, well, drinking podcast which has special guest rosie on this yeah. this month and me and dan layton just recorded the patreon mailbag episode which will be going up tomorrow so much content patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk this episode of aew their third anniversary show uh what a birthday celebration it was i just thought this was a a really good episode for men 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I thought this was a really fantastic episode. If you've got testicles. For boys. Great episode. Yeah, really good stuff. Um, they opened with what, in hindsight, I'm like, just make this the freaking main event. It is no, a go-home perfection angle. This... Maybe you're right. Let's go through it yeah. and, and we can we can decide. It was the cage match, Wardlow versus Sean Spears with sexy MJF as the special guest referee. Now, do you think his outfit was a reference? Yeah, Shawn Michaels is hot pants. What I mean to that is about him joining WWE. Like, it's another yes! one of those MJFs like, hey, look, I'm dressed like that guy who's famous for being in WWE because... In a couple of years' time, that's where I'm heading. Sean runs NXT currently. Oh, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so MJF's there with all his ass and... <laughs> and a, and Burberry stripes <clears throat> for his referee shirt. So every heel trick in the book, they didn't uncuff Wardlow. Wardlow powered out. The, him not being able to find the key was exactly the same reaction that Wardlow had when he couldn't find the diamond ring mm. at Revolution, where it's like checking the pockets, being like, oh, I haven't got it. And this time it's MJF being like... Oh, I haven't got the key. And then they deck him and he's like, <laughs> I did have it. And he puts it around <laughs> his neck and stuff. The attention to detail in these feuds, in these MJF feuds, is just so rewarding. Um, Wardlow hits a swanton bomb, fast count. Kick he, won't, out. he won't count the pin on the swanton. I wouldn't count. But then Sean hit the C4. MJF went for the fast count, kick out. So just every single thing going. Sean gets out the ring, comes back with a chair, goes to wallop Wardlow. But MJF took quite a rarity, an unprotected chair shot oh, Ken, to the forehead. Ken Shamrock will tell you it's the hardest bone in the body. <laughs> how, well, look, how can that get to my brain? Hey, look... <laughs> The, the forehead's like that thick. The brain's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. It's in a blast. It's protected zone. It's like being in a bunker when the, the bomb goes off. Yeah. Um, the, hopefully this was a gimmicked chair. Yeah. Made it. Because you can shave it down apparently and it's yes. like a, and it's, the it's, size of foil. And they have learned after the whole last time Sean Spears hit someone in the face with a chair debacle in the early days of AEW. But that was also a gimmicked chair. It was the back of the chair that, <laughs> that wasn't... What I mean is that they've learned from that mistake and make sure when you do it this time, make sure you do it this way. Man, if we can gimmick all chairs, bring these back because it looks awesome. I think that's why they've spray-painted his logo onto the chair. Yeah, It's been like, dude, this is the bit that you're supposed <laughs> to hit him with. My wife, um, after about sort of five minutes into this match, was like, oh, like chairman of the board. And I was like, yeah, she was like, because at first I thought Chairman was one of the worst nicknames I'd ever heard. It's like a 60s series Batman villain. It's an early day Daredevil villain. Yeah. Uh, so at that point, MJF just total <laughs> oh, so goofy cell job. He's knocked out. He just like, sort of like the classic Bubba Ray backwards drop. Yeah, yeah. Really good selling. And Wardlow powerbomb symphony onto the chair as well. Bryce Remsburg hops him. Because the, the cage door had been opened to allow Sean to go outside. It all made sense. 
uh, and yeah, counted the pin. The shot of Sean realizing he'd hit MJF with the chair, the crowd chanting, you effed up. And they have this amazing camera work of, and they said this in commentary, like a Leviathan rising out of the sea of Wardlow rising up in the background. And it cuts to Sean of just turning around <laughs> slowly to realize the mistake he'd made. Never gets old. They could do that every week. And I would go, <gasps> every time. Also, I think it's, I don't know if this is on purpose, but Wardlow did an interview yesterday. Uh, where he said that he considers his run a lot like Batista's, mm. which is, you know, the pinnacle evolution. This is me versus Triple H now, you know, in the form of MJF. And Batista's name when he was in OVW was Leviathan. Ah, nice. Because of the tattoos going back. Yeah. So there, I, I wonder if that was like an intentional call. <laughs> the other call I really like from this is after Sean Spears is, uh, walks out the cage, JR says, by the way, folks, that's not the end of the match. Because how do you, this is a direct quote, how do you win a cage match by retreating? Yeah. That's fair. That's a fair point. Uh, I've I've heard some like very nitpicky criticisms, like you know, by you, MJ. No, not by me. I didn't mind at all. But MJF, if you're the if you're the ref, you don't have to stop counting when they kick out. You just go one, two, three. Yeah. Even though you kicked out, that that's the match over. But you know, I don't care. It's, wrestling. it's so much fun. Yeah, it's fun. <clears throat> um. Then, like, 20 security guys came in. It gave MJF a chance to escape. Wardlow takes out every single one of them, <laughs> including powerbombing one security guard over the ropes into the steel cage wall. And the guy just, like, disappeared. I don't know where he went. <laughs> under the bed. You know, you're never seeing that guy again. The heffalumps happen. <laughs> it was the, the shot of... These 20 securities, I was like a clown car opening up and all the security guys run out. Stone cops. And they, like, each one of them steps in the rope and one of them just goes, bosh, yeah. bosh. Like each one of them. It's like that scene in Lost in Powers where they're taking out the name security <laughs> guards. You don't even have a name badge. You stand no chance. <laughs> what are we going to do, boss? Attack him one by one. <laughs> <laughs> so really good stuff. Wardlow was insanely over by the end. He's standing on the top of the cage. He's going... And Ward, uh, MJF's backing up the ramp, terrified. Just, you know, it wasn't really a match. This was an angle, and it was perfect. Perfection it was. Loved it. I just think that, like, imagine if you close on that visual. Mm -hmm. That's that's the most exciting thing on the show for me. And you can just, you know, the last line is, he's got the match. It's going to be MJF versus Wardlow. So only thing I would have changed, this main event. Uh, after that, Jericho fireballed a random AEW staff member backstage for wearing a Mox t-shirt. Well, you also buy us backstage. Hmm. You wear branded AEW t-shirts to show you are staff. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I love Jericho's magical powers, um, <laughs> but two things. There were no repercussions, which irked me. Mm -hmm. They were then invited out for commentary. And secondly, this whole shot was out of focus. So I thought there's a moment when they go towards the guy and it's um, 2.0 talking to the guy. And I was like, that is out of focus. But it did then go, I think it's the camera was on auto. And I think when they changed it to a different lighting, it was adjusting uh -huh. its focus. So it did go out of focus and then went back into focus <laughs> rather than it being on a manual setting. We can uh, only assume Brandon Cutler filmed this. <laughs> uh, look Brandon would have never made that mistake. <laughs> We do out of focus stuff all the time, but it was just weird to see. And I just, I, I could see me back like doing this and go, oh, but we did do the fireball bit. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. And I, 
this was this was not needed. Yes. Uh, after that, we got the punk page segment, which was incredible. Uh, then we got the the sort of JS follow up bit, which is they come out on commentary. Regal's also out on commentary, and it's Mox and Kingston versus Private Party. Really fun match. Private Party are just you know doing all sorts of insane things, but Mox and Kingston are hard bastards. And sort of the Danielson Mox finish, where you're both submitting them, and Moxie got the win, and it it went into a brawl afterwards with Danielson and everybody. Yeah, uh, I would have thought they did a bigger return thing for Danielson because mm. they were putting over the leg injury. Yeah, I was surprised he was just But there. he just sort of came out. I thought they would give him like a big entrance for it, kind of like what they did with Keith Lee later on in the night. Maybe that's why they didn't do it because he was like, we're only doing that once, we're going to do it for Lee. Lights out. <laughs> Come back up. Well, yeah, even if in a pitch black, the white glow <laughs> of <laughs> Danielson's t-shirt. Um, I thought it was, it was fun. Like Regal and uh, Jericho were quite fun on commentary. There's a moment when Regal points to 2.0 and said, those young chaps used to work for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I liked Jericho. One of Jericho's first lines was, congratulations for living another week, Regal. <laughs> Uh, so unnecessary. My wife's commentary for this match is that because um, Kingston was wearing a Terry Funk t-shirt, mm. my wife said, Terry Funk sounds like a bad DJ from Blackpool. Get out. Well, I mean, you can imagine going to a wedding disco and it's, but, it's on stage, Terry Funk. Never thought about it in that way. Yeah. No. Welcome, everyone. The buffet is open. <laughs> but before that, here's Wham. I hope I can unhear that and I can just enjoy Terry Funk in the way I used to. This was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Um, it's it's one of those feuds that I was definitely more into a few weeks ago. Mm. Owen Hart tournament video promo for everything. Then we got, uh, so get get a load of this. And, and stop me if I've got anything wrong. Three contracted AEW wrestlers, one New Japan wrestler, fighting over the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships and two New Japan guys caused the DQ finish. Uh, and there was a Ring of Honor, a Ring introduction and a Ring of Honor commentator there as well on mm. an AEW broadcast. So you, 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 when does it get out of hand for you? But like, we do this like a lot with... Wrestling's done this all the time. Like Ring of Honor titles have been defended at New Japan shows with New Japan wrestlers in the ring. New Japan wrestlers have been at <laughs> Ring of Honor shows competing for Ring of Honor titles or New Japan titles and things like that. It's been done at Impact, like when it was TNA. It's only WWE is the only company in the world where it's only ever been WWE titles, with the exception of the Invasion, obviously. Like this isn't an uncommon thing. No. Maybe my problem is that I don't think it's being done particularly well. I think your problem is that you don't care about the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. I think that's unfair. I love Ring of Honor. I hold it very close to my heart. But I think it's at the expense right now of AEW existing as an, a standalone product. So this, for me, this this was the only segment of the show... It's not that I didn't like this segment because I actually hell I, of a match. I thought the match was really good, and actually I popped massively for the main the angle that came afterwards because it totally took me by surprise. And I, I loved the, I mean, you know, the DQ finish with United Empire. Like I've written in my notes here, like oh my god, United Empire here, and they're the ones that are standing tall. This was an angle, not to set up this Sunday show. It's to set up the next pay per view, Forbidden Door. 
So I kind of liked it from that aspect of it. However, this is your go-home show for the pay-per-view. And I feel that because Double or Nothing is such a big show for you, every segment on this show should be designed to build that show as opposed to every segment but one mm. that's building to a different pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, my, my meta problem is FTR aren't on the pay-per-view card. But they're only on the next pay-per-view card. There's 11 matches on this card. I know, and a lot of them... I don't, not that I don't care about, but I would probably put FTR above most of them. Such as? Give me the card. Okay, I can give you the card. <laughs> okay, all three women's matches, I can tell you that Oh, much. because you hate women. I wouldn't not have them. I would just build them better. <laughs> so, uh, where have we got? Uh, look, I'm not... Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. That's a, that's a tournament final. Um, so that's okay. The triple threat tag match. Um, for the tag belt. But, you know... I would idea in an ideal world I would have the FT I would have FTR in the tag title match. Jericho Appreciation Society versus Blackpool Combat Club. I, I think, think that's gonna yeah, I I think that could be a main event of but if, TV. But if that hadn't been on this card, you'd have said why aren't Blackpool Combat Club on the pay per view card? Mm -hmm. Um House of Black versus Death Triangle. That doesn't need to be on there. Uh, but again, I think you'd make the argument like, why on House of Black not, on the pay-per-view card? Uh, Hardy's versus Young Bucks. That is the only match I would say come into that. Yep. Yeah. Because I thought, I'm amazed that's not an eight-man tag. I guess because Sting's, they did the injury mm. angle for Sting. MJF, Wardlow, that's that going to be, be Hangman, Page, and Punk. So really, the only match you were looking to take out is House of Black versus Death Triangle. And all the women's matches. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the Blackpool Combat Club one. But you would have said, why on Blackpool Combat Club on the pay-per-view card? If you had a big, I don't know. I just think FTR are probably one of the the most that they're, they're at a point right now where they should just have the rocket strapped to them. And yes, they do have two world champion like the, tag this is yeah, this is the same people that were like, I can't believe why didn't you give Tony Storm a big win? I was like, she was undefeated until she went into this match. She has had her she's had wins already. Mm. Um or you know, why isn't Keith Lee already a world champion? To the people who I know people say that was your thing on the list video. That's that was sort of a joke entry yeah. of like, why isn't Keith Lee already the champion? Um, I don't think people quite picked up on that, which is my fault. I don't think I made it clear it was a joke. Mm. Um, I think that the, one of the strengths of AEW's roster is that not everyone has to be on the pay-per-view card. FCR are currently not in a storyline that puts them into, an, into a card. And I think if you had done that, you might have that been at the expense of Dax's run or possible run for the Owen tournament, which was actually much better than them just doing a random tag for you to be on a pay-per-view card. I'd much rather we start a storyline here that builds to the next pay-per-view, and that's that, and they're on the card for that one. I respectfully disagree. Um, Rapongi Vice. Well, I respect. I disrespectfully. <laughs> I'm in your head, mate. <laughs> what? Why are you taking it so personally? It's so personal. It's good business. This was. I don't think we've said the three opponents. It was Rapongi Vice versus FTR. Really good back and forth match. Uh, not much heat from the crowd, but really good in ring work. And yet, the, a very rare thing, a DQ finish, double DQ, because Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan ran in and took both teams out. I, I popped my and I think that's why the crowd weren't bothered by it yep. being a DQ, is because it's two guys from New Japan, a New Japan invasion here to set up that, the New Japan AEW show um, next month. I, I popped massively for yep. it. I mean, I have written here, I wish it was Aussie Open. <laughs> I, I get why it's the Great Khan and Jeff Cobb, because they're the two big dudes, and you want to have the two big dudes stand mm -hmm. massively. But I'm also like, have you literally got, you've got Aussie Open right mm. there. I think it should it should have been Aussie Open. You've got the you love 
Aussie Open so much. They're one of the greatest tag teams on the planet. <laughs> Mark Davis is legit one of the best. Uh, the Hardys then cut a promo on the Bucks, um, and they said it's Elite versus Delete, yep. that little thing. I think this promo is still going on. Yeah, they they went on for a while. Uh, they pretty much said that this is the stepping stone for them to go for the AEW tag belts. I'm kind of stunned. Maybe this is going to happen on Rampage. There should have been a video package here utilizing the yeah. Ring of Honor oh, footage God, that yeah. you now own to put over the Hardys versus Bucks feud because that was a massive, massive feud in 2016 mm -hmm. and 2015. Like that, we should be getting video packages for that because you own it all. Video packages are one of the areas AEW is not optimal at. Yeah, and they could uh, do it at the pay per view, but by that point, it's too late. I feel like Hardys and Bucks is one of those cases of it's almost come. It feels like it's been rushed and had too much time devoted to it. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, cracking match next. Oh. My match of the night. Ricky Starks versus Swerve Strickland versus Jungle Boy. Uh, just, you know, the the sort of... The uh, flippy ones of the lot. I described it as they're the pilots of the Pacific Rim mechs. <laughs> <laughs> they're the little boys of the Iron Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, the kaijus, the mechs come out afterwards. But they had a, a great match. Um, Jungle Boy and Swerve Strickland, great. And Ricky Starks kind of heelishly cutting them off. Swerve Strickland flipped out a top rope poison rana and landed on his feet. And I was just like, just make him the world champion. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't agree with my, my heart there, but my heart just said just freaking do it right put, now put the belt on him like don't even have him beat anyone just get, have tony come out and say <laughs> i mean really just won the belt <laughs> sorry hangman <laughs> did you see that poison around the spot probably should have been swerve uh and then swerve got the win uh well deserved just yeah. just on that moment they then just stopped the match <laughs> strickland has won the match for being cool yeah, it was and everyone awesome. Everyone was okay with that. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a really cool like ending sequence with uh, Rochambeau to Swerve, and then Jungle Boy gets him into the snare trap. Really good sell of the, mm. the snare trap. Ricky was about to pass out, and that's a crucial point that Jungle Boy was about to get his first win in a while, and it was broken up by Swerve, who then hit the Swerve stomp for the win. Jungle Boy's losing streak continues. Was it Starks was pinned? Starks was pinned, but Jungle Boy also yes. didn't win yeah, the yeah. match. Do you think that spells disaster for them at Sacrifice with the tag titles? Because I, my money was on um, Swerve and Glory. Uh -huh. Because they won here, I'm now not sure. But I, I don't think Jurassic Express should be the team to win because I think the story you want to be telling is Jungle Boy not winning and you can start the Christian feud. I think, I think Swerve and Lee are winning still. And that, yeah, that starts that. Because it's not going to be Team Taz. No. The post-match was the Hosses coming out to brawl and ended with Keith Lee doing a spin, a sort of spinning flip over the top rope with a heavy assist from gravity. <laughs> he went down yeah. fast. It was falling with style. Man. and it, But like everyone was just like so happy that he did it. I was like, yeah, that was awesome. But my God, I was surprised how quickly he fell towards the earth. I shouldn't have been. <laughs> no. He's a big guy. It was awesome. I yeah, it was great. I, I loved it. Um, Men of the Year still heals. 
Uh, Dan Lambert's getting a new TNT title belt for Scorpio Sky. It's because Sammy and Tay are so over as baby faces, we have to keep them as heels. I'm stunned that Paige Van Zandt's not on this pay-per-view card. It must have been a scheduling issue. I yeah. yeah, it's weird. So weird. Sure need another match as well. <laughs> so I did in my review, uh, say, Tony, what are we going to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. <laughs> <laughs> have Thunder Rosa cut a promo at the top of the ramp. Yeah, um... So I like the reveal that she didn't have her makeup on because she's sort of standing there in profile and she says to Tony, he's like, this is my face. And she turns to the camera and doesn't have the half paint. I thought that was a really, really nice reveal. She then got this promo that I thought was pretty good. But this was a good promo, a very, very bad go-home segment for a pay-per-view. Terrible go-home segment for a pay-per-view. This did nothing to build the match on Sunday, which is what a go-home segment is supposed to do. Yeah. And you needed it after last week's angle, which wasn't all that great. I really think it could have done with Dustin Rhodes standing silently, crying. This is... I mean, I, I said this in the list video I did on, on Parts for Unknown as well, of just like, I, AEW's women's division is not treated with any respect, and I don't think they care. Hmm. Yeah, and and all of Thunder Rosa's material. It's I've heard it for the whole month. Because of they, promos because they don't. It gets the last bit of attention. It's like we booked the rest of the show. It's like okay, well, we've got our fifteen minute quarter segment for all the women's stuff. What are we doing? I mean, <laughs> do you want to go to lunch? Um, <laughs> Thunder Rosa cuts a promo. What's she saying? Oh, I'm going to be the greatest women's champion ever. Go, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Tippity tap tap type. Give that to Thunder Rosa. She can figure that out herself. Uh, do you want a beef steak? It really is the sort of let's limit all the women's stuff to the same quarter, half-hour segment to help with ratings. In all fairness, Jade Cargill got her promo earlier in the night for a feud that is just like, oh, let's just say <laughs> Anna Jay. Uh, Red Velvet said the S-word backstage, interacted with Ruby Soho a bit to further things there in Statlander. And then we got the semi-final of the Lady Owen Hart Cup tournament, Britt Baker versus Tony Storm. Fine match! Uh, Jamie Hayter came down to distract for a bit, and then Britt Baker rolled up Tony Storm, gripped the rope. I think Jamie Hayter should have been there to also hold I, Britt. That was the idea. But she was, was out of position. Yeah, this match, this finish was <clears> a bit... <throat> yeah, it wasn't great. I, you know, there's there's bad booking moments, and then there's bad booking over time, and... AEW's booking of their women's division has been so bad, I'm not into Britt Baker anymore. And that is quite something, considering she was one of my favourite things in wrestling last Think how year. over she was during the pandemic era and then when we came back out of the pandemic era. So incredibly over. But I thought when she made her entrance, she doesn't feel as special as she did just four months ago. I don't get excited about her segments or matches, because I know... She's going to cheat. Jamie Hayter's going to be involved. Who cares? But also, I, I don't get massively involved in them either because I know that the company doesn't feel like mm. it cares. Yeah. And, uh, that's, and that's a real shame. Uh, so bad stuff. And, you know, Tony Storm, like, I guess you've got the cuteness of Baker could win and Adam Cole could win. They're a real life couple. But apart from that little bit, did Baker need this? I don't know. I feel like Tony Storm is is another person who's not she's not found her place yet either well again wrestling that list video i made on parts of unknown i can name you, uh, i can name you loads of segments that dan housen kyle o'reilly bobby fish jeff hardy have all done 
and I can name you like one segment that Tony Storm has done. Like the amount of screen time, although the guys have gotten that have all mm. come in around the same time compared to what Tony Storm has had, it's it's shocking. And I think it says a lot about AEW's women's division and the fan reception to it, or at least you know from sort of our point of view. Whenever any woman from AEW gets interviewed, the question comes up of like, why is the women's segment so bad? Mm. When are when's it going to be taken seriously? And it feels like they all have to defend and be like. Well, we're working on this. I think this is going to be good. I think we've got this going for us. And it's never any change. This is the third birthday for this company and nothing has changed. Yeah. But it's like, there'll probably be one blow away match at the pay-per-view and everyone will be like, ah, see, now's the start of something great. Done that multiple times mm -hmm. in the last couple of years. Uh, but don't worry, we're back to the guys. <laughs> really good match. Oh, Samoa Joe, Carlo Riley. Samoa Joe, I just love watching him wrestle because I thought he was I both thought he was done in that he was retired and couldn't wrestle anymore and I also thought if he was to wrestle again he'd be you know in hindsight no disrespect kind of boring slow slow Joe the, the <laughs> slow mower Joe slow <laughs> That we got an NXT. Yeah. Then when we're like, oh my God, it's Samoa Joe versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I can't wait to see him. Then they have 25 matches. And they're like, oh, I don't think any of these have actually been yeah. that good. And we, I think we all just thought that's what Joe is now. Joe, he's reached an age and he's slowed down now. We're never going to see 2005 Samoa Joe ever again. It turns out it was just the way that WWE produced his matches because he was always there. Because I watched this like, oh, it's 2005 TNA Samoa Joe. It's, two, it's Ring of Honor Samoa Joe. But again, here in 2022. Yeah, I love it. I love his aggression. I love his sort of just chops. I d Perfect. And Carlo Riley is, again, one of those guys who just is a joy to see wrestle. The little things he does. Mm. The, the finish of the match, Joe's choking him out. And while Joe's choking him out, Kyle is not only foaming at the mouth, he is trying to lock on an armbar. And I just thought, that is... That's what I want from wrestling sometimes. I loved the start of this match as well, which was Kyle O'Reilly, <coughs> stick and move, stick and move, stick and move. And the Samoa Joe like, well, enough of this. I'm just going to walk forward to you and just start battering you in the head. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, oh no. Really good match. Uh, got super over by the end. But yeah, Joe won. Kyle passed out. Uh, we had those teasers of an all elite final, but it was Cole... Uh, sorry, it was Joe who won, and Adam Cole came out for the stare down, and that's the end of the, the. So I, you know, I think that could have been a fine opener, and then the Wardlow MJF thing would have been a far hotter close. Yeah, totally get why this is in the position it was. It's yeah. you know, particularly if you are Tony Khan and you're such a mark for TNA and Ring of Honor from mm. like the mid 2000s. You're like, well, of course, it's Samoa Joe versus Kyle O'Reilly is the main event. That's the match I really want to see. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a a really, really, really good go home show for a pay per view. For men. For for the men, oh, yes. Just just for men, it was... Fan I wanted to see every match quite a few levels more. Yes. I think it's grand that we've got three women's matches on the pay-per-view card. So it's a very much first for AEW, but all of them. I get the, the Jade Cargo and a J1 really is... Oh, let's just say it, it's the Survivor Series announcing the teams of Survivor Series on the week before the pay-per-view on Twitter. Yeah, it does feel like... They've taken the wrong lesson from the feedback, which is, okay, we'll do more matches. Like, ah, it's, it's actually about stories, the sort of intention behind characters. the matches. Like, look at the, the Hangman Punk Angle. Yeah. was all about character 
and story. And that's just not in anything else that, in the women's division. <clears throat> well, overall, I gave this uh, 85%, mm. which is, you know, pr- pretty darn high. So yeah. a really good, a really good go-home show. Uh, the women's stuff was just pretty mediocre to bad, um, but all, all the other stuff was really, really good. We got a shout out before we get into the rest of your Omega chat. Some of our not pledge hammers on Patreon. Instead, we're going to play the Hall of Fame music for our wonderful moderation team. Everyone, put in your clapping emojis into the chat here as we shout out Amanda, Andy, Brandon, Chris P, Devon, Gregory, Jalen, John, Les, Nat, Paul. And Rob. This chat and this community we have here is one of the best in wrestling YouTube. That is thanks to not just you, but the moderators keeping you in line. So yes. thank you, moderating team. We love each and every one of you. Thank you all so much. These Omega Jets. Stephen Prophet, this may have been said earlier, but I'm a bit late getting here. Could Hangman's anger with Punk be a mirror of Punk's sentiments from his pipe bomb from back in the day, but with Hangman being Punk in this pipe bomb? Cheers, lads. I think that is what Hangman had, in, like, character-wise, that is what Hangman intended. Yeah. He intended to cut this promo that was going to point out all of Punk's hypocrisies and, you know, the, the things that he mirrored in that uh, the pipe bomb promo, but got flustered. Char- I'm still in character-wise got flustered and punk's got in his head and now he doesn't know how to do that mm. akon 22 love the beginning of the show and the punk hangman segment my question is for the past week i've been thinking do i buy this pay-per-view or not can help me i can you help me i uh, love what you do jam that jam i said a hundred percent buy it it's going to be one of the best wrestling shows of the year mm-hmm. yeah every single time an AEW pay-per-view comes around i look at the card i'm like how do they do it? Like every time, it's always these fresh lineups and everything mm. is always with matches I can't wait to see for the most part. Dylan Byrne, Hangman's anger at Punk feels very contrived to me. I think the you haven't earned this story is a bit lazy. I feel Hangman being insecure about Punk's popularity is much more compelling and they should have ran with that fully from the beginning. That's why I think you're right for that. The This is an ongoing mm. thing. I think you are getting that story. Yeah, I think they have had that from the beginning. Yeah. But it's it's just revealed, that motivation has revealed itself. It's a much smarter way of telling wrestling stories. It's, it's much more subtle. Mm. And I think that's what some people's, uh, not annoyance, but sort of like disappointment with this in. It's not overt in its, I am angry at you for these reasons. Like everything they've just done is so incredibly subtle. And it's not what you expect from a pro wrestling angle, mm. which does make it feel... <laughs> weird in a way lv emerald i'm so excited for this pay-per-view we were losing our minds at the swerve match in the hangman promo though i'll note that punk shoved hangman before he snapped love you guys and your content and my girlfriend lily for enjoying wrestling as much as i do lucky me 
Lucky you, Elfie. For dating a doll. Dylan Taylor. Double or Nothing is the first pay-per-view in the West Coast from AEW since before the pandemic. Do you think that is why the show has sold so well? Or is it based on the Hangman versus Punk match? As I said, like the tickets were sold before any matches were announced. Mm. So it's probably a combination of uh, A and B. Yeah. Yeah, because you can kind of see where they were going for the world title picture. The better indication of Hangman and Punk will be the buy rates. Yeah, because I think you can make the argument for Forbidden Door selling out in half an hour Mm. that there is just an appetite for AEW live shows. Nicholas Lama. Unless, of course, you're Eric Bischoff and you think that they, the business is in the toilet for them. Nicholas Lama. Big idiot. Not sure if mentioned already, but I'm glad they aren't going with the drinker straight edge angle with Punk and Page. I like the protecting AEW from you angle. Not where I thought it was going. Same here. What I like about AEW, this is, so this is a Tina Fey advice to joke writing. Never go with your first punchline. Keep thinking about it and go with the third or fourth because that's gonna, that's the one. Um, and I feel that's how AEW approach their top stories. Like uh, when I think they're gonna go one way, they do this even better thing. I much prefer the Paul Feig way of doing it, which is just do every punchline <laughs> and give them to characters who don't show up again for the rest <laughs> of the movie. Alan McKay. Since Hangman has been champion, he's fought Brian, Dante Martin, Lance Archer, and Adam Cole. Since Rosa has been champion, she has, checks notes, cut promos at the camera. Also, I'm surprised Punk hasn't brought up Hangman's drinking issues. Well, like, that's kind of the easy fodder. Yeah, and like, that is such a great point. You know, that stat that was revealed last week that she's been champion for like six, this was last week. Champion for 64 days, she'd been on AEW TV for about 20 minutes. Mm. It's insane. Uh, John Wright said, Sad that I don't care about either of the women's championship matches. All Deeb and Rosa needed was a face-to-face promo. They're both good talkers. Anna Jay getting another title shot when there's women we haven't seen on TV in a year. Do better, Tony. Completely agree. Will Campbell, hey guys, it seems that not even a pay-per-view will stop Tony Khan from poorly booking his women's division. I like Brit, but she hasn't had a clean win since All Out nearly nine months ago. It's also quickly turning into Brit wins, lol. Tony probably needs the win more. Storm, that is not Khan. Yeah. Uh, on the subject of MJ Awardlay, Bacon Rash has said, Hi lads, it's been a while since I Omega chatted. You know how it is with builds, etc. And this company... <laughs> uh, scenario of the um, um, scenario of MJF beats Wardlow with help from this new faction, including Spears as FTR are out. But who would you have in it? Hashtag We want more Datsun. MJF getting a new faction. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Um, I just have. I like MJF and Spears as just them two for now. I agree. Uh, but if we had to have another faction, I mean. AEW's got they got loads of factions. I wouldn't mind uh, another. In- I mean, hey. but who would you put with MJF? I don't think I would. I, mm. I kind of like what you said there. I like it just as MJF and Spears at the moment. Like I'm ready. I'm you know uh, FTR are still part of the pinnacle because they haven't had a split up angle with them, and they even shook uh, MJF's oh, hands. Good. It is a bit awkward, but like so they they are still a four man unit. It's just mm. not on TV that much. Uh, but even when FTR do split, I think just keep it as MJF and Spears. Mm. Uh, Paul Egan, Wardlow MGF feud has been near perfect, apart from that TNT stuff, <laughs> which was bad, uh, which shows the true mastery of MJF feud formula. And I can't remember the last time a match has been so unpredictable in Page and Punk. So many paths. Yes. 
Uh, Riot DR, I dedicate this Omega chat to the awesomeness of Ricky Stark, the coolness of Swerve, and the sweet skills of Jungle Boy. This tag match has the potential to be match of the night at the pay-per-view, and I still don't know who I want to win. There was a part of me watching that three-way where I was just like, this should be the TNT title picture. Yeah. Jack Nichols, was that the great O'Shawn? Um, <laughs> nice return to form this week. That Joe versus Carl match ruled, and the tag match was great as well. Great O'Khan's a fun one, really, isn't it? Because you and I went to a lot of Rev Pro shows when Great O'Khan first was sent over by New Japan to be like, can you make this guy good? And we did not give that man any chance. No, well, we were like, boring. <laughs> we were like, this is quite comfortably the worst thing on every Rev Pro mm. show. <laughs> I think, but in, in hindsight now, seeing him since, it was a gimmick thing. He can obviously, you know, he's like a top amateur wrestler before. Yeah. So he can go, but the bad gimmick. The monster heel gimmick thing yeah. was not working. Uh, John Ray, remember when Private Party beat the Young Bucks and were on the top tag teams in AEW? Now they're just jobbers. Sad to see some of AEW's originals are starting to slowly fizzle out. Plus, am I the only one a little bored with Blackpool Combat Club? I'm certainly not bored with Blackpool Combat Club, but I agree with, you know, those... F I, not every bet you make on young stars can go to the top. Private Party had some injury issues, but it is, it is a little bit disheartening to see them where they are, yeah. considering where they started. But, you know, again... Not everyone can be a top guy mm. in your company. E Ace, I know it's too early to talk about this, and I hope it's not for a long time, but I would like to see the reason for the Blackpool Combat Club breaking up to be out of Danielson's jealousy over Yuta winning a world title before him. He did it, but Brian couldn't. That could be a great story. I don't I don't see that happening, though. Oh, we had this in the Patreon mailbag earlier, but I've just come up with a, a new great idea. Um, someone asked, like, when would you have MJF win the world title? I said, in 2024 when the contract's coming out. Oh, that's good. And then the whole thing is like, I'm going to win this belt and I'm taking it to WWE. I love it. A summer of Max. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Riot DR, checks note. Yep, still love Carl O'Reilly. <laughs> I love how we're finally getting the Samoa Joe NXT matches we were denied. I mean, you say with the 2.0 change, but I would just say the NXT matches we were denied full stop. Look back at the NXT Samoa Joe run. It's not, it's not as good as you think. We've watched both of the Finn Balor matches mm. uh, in our... WrestleTalk Extra podcast that we do over on Patreon and both of them have not lived up to and I just think it's Force Awakens syndrome we yeah. all told ourselves they were good at the time because we wanted them to be good um, on a side note props to Cash for his Mr. Perfect references and flawless chewing gum slap uh, right, DR again says, though I have my reservations about the match, the Hardys made me care with this promo. Matt's in rare form and Jeff is bouncing off his brother my wife popped <laughs> for Matt saying that they were better than the Bucks as babies uh, yes, you missed one now. Oh, sorry, mine's mine's doing that thing where it doesn't update. Or dude. Um, sorry, but the the reservations, the Hardy one, uh, rare form. Yeah, I think that it did go a bit long, but I think Matt's promo work, that cosplay line about the bucks, was really good. Uh, right, yeah, I said, um, just got paid to. Here's a couple of bucks. That was bored dude. Oh, sorry, bored dude six thirty. Just got paid a couple of bucks. Uh, I'm sad the only Canadian in the tournament lost because Kyle and Cole is what got me to watch wrestling uh, back in the day. As far as women goes, in AEW uh, doesn't really care for. As far as women goes, AEW really doesn't care for them, do they? It's not caring for them; it's caring about them. Mm. Um, Alamac says, Hangman probably has fake arguments with Punk in his head while he's <laughs> in the shower. He does. 100% he does. Well, he said he had a whole bit rehearsed. 
Uh, no judgment from me. I do that with people I don't like as well. Uh, I hope you guys are ready for four hours of pay-per-view. I'll be watching live with Yarl. Have you heard about the what's happening? Because there's a basketball match on. Oh. And Tony is holding off on the pay-per-view, or the main event starting until after the basketball match has finished. And if that basketball match goes into overtime, then there may be some filler time in the pay-per-view before we get to the main event. I'm glad I have a hotel. Master Popo 12 said, Hey gents, by the time you read this, my girlfriend and I will be half an hour, halfway into our 14-hour drive from Boston to Indianapolis. Looking Ooh. forward to three more ride-along companions for the next couple of hours. Stay safe. Jam that jam. Have a fun time, Master Popo. Uh, Ten Rosa, looking forward to the next week of AEW, hearing that Warner Brothers executives are going to make a big deal out of AEW next week at the Forum in LA. Hopefully all three wins matches at the pay-per-view do well. Happy to hear cheers are coming back to New Japan soon. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, isn't it? They've said that it <coughs> might allow fans to be able to cheer again at New Japan shows. Well, they said that a lot of the, you know, your Danielsons, your Moxleys going back over to wrestle in the G1. They wouldn't do it until fans can cheer again. Yeah. So exciting. Uh, indeed. Kevin said, after stealing DraftKings, AEW has stolen another former WWE sponsor, Just For Men. Have they? Well, no, it's because you said the booking of the show was good, Just For Men. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good from me. <laughs> uh, Dan Rosa, do you see either Miro or Omega coming back in the next couple of months, even just for an appearance? When do you do Christian versus Jungle Boy? You think the Forbidden Door extra tickets will be sold out immediately after the pay-per-view, including the secondary ticket market? It's, yeah, easily so. Um, but yes, for Miro and Omega, and I do Christian Jungle Boy, you know, on one of those sort of TV specials. Yeah, it's a nice one. I think Omega's comeback is at Forbidden Door mm. as an appearance. It's not in a match. I think he just comes back as an, for an appearance there. Nate S has been a member for thirteen months in a row. Ollie probably wants to trade out all three women's matches for a men's casino battle royale. Really excited about Double or Nothing and watching along with you guys. Keep on jamming. I don't want any more. Ma I just want the matches to go down. We actually haven't got a casino battle royale match. Yeah, maybe it'll be on TV. Be on the buy-in. Mm. Maybe that's what they're actually saving for if that basketball goes into overtime. Buy-in is half an hour, apparently. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, Richie R. Double or Nothing will be my girlfriend's first ever wrestling show. She knows literally nothing about <laughs> wrestling, but I'm hoping the show will be fun, uh, fun for her. For reference, she's so new to the wrestling space, she doesn't even know who Stone Cold is. That would have been a weird WrestleMania weekend then. Really? Oh, that, very cool. Tell us how she experiences it and if, if she likes it um, after the live event. And Nicholas Lama here. Do you boys think Punk takes the title this weekend? I truly have no clue how it's going to go. Plug for the prediction show, which is coming up very shortly. It will be bang, basically directly after this. It's currently set for half past four, but I'm just going to move it forward yeah. to about quarter past. We're going to get set up here and we're going to go straight into our prediction show directly after this stream. So let's do that now. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back with AEW predictions. Our moderators will be posting the link uh, in the chat for you, so you can go over there and get ready for it. We'll be going live very, very soon. While you're waiting for the few minutes that it will take us, go over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk and sign up over there. Thank but you all. Now, thank you all so much for watching. Oh, that I'm just oh. going to do a quick plug because there'll be more people watching this and there will be the prediction show. Uh, on tomorrow's show, I will be joined by Tyre Valkyrie. That's on the Rust Up Podcast tomorrow.
So we've got quite a few emails uh, to read out uh, here. Uh, this first one is from James. He said, I just wanted to reach out to thank you for all your content. Helps people probably more than you know. To answer a question proposed on a recent AEW podcast, the Watford Gap is my favourite service station. <laughs> the Golden Arches are always incredible. Welcomed on the way back to London. Favourite motorway is a difficult one. I do enjoy the M3 towards Bournemouth, as I spent many summers on family holidays in the part of the country. Mm. However, my favourite stretch of motorway in or piece of road in general would be the M11 southbound junction from M25. It almost feels like a slingshot. Keep up the good work, chaps. Jam that jam. When you've just got no barriers in front of you, the freedom of an open road. There's one of those coming off the M25 that takes you towards Hastings to proper, like, you do a huge U-turn. Actually, you do a whole, like, loop and stuff to go around to a, a different road. It's, it's delightful. It's it's what, um, you know, superheroes often use to... Or, no, no, space films as well. It does feel to, like to that. To power did it, up. Did it, did it in Apollo 13. Uh, this one comes in from Noah. Now, you know the film Apollo 13? The realist? Oh, yeah, but they didn't go round the sun. No, they went round the moon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you know? Happened, did it? That's based on a true story. (laughs) Did you you get it confused with Armageddon? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Uh, Noah Fortner is a name you may recognise. He uh, ultra chats in a lot. He's also the guy that watches AEW and gets high. Yes. So here's an email from Noah. His chat said. uh, for the majority of this year, I've been getting high and watching Dynamite. <laughs> well, recently, I took it a step too far and had too many edibles. Ends up sending me to hospital because I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> well, it's meant to chill you out, Noah. <laughs> I'm doing loads better now, and I've gone straight edge from everything for the rest of the year. It was a very traumatic experience. But on the ambulance ride into hospital, all I could think was, damn, I can't wait to email WrestleTalk about this. <laughs> well, of course... <laughs> Don't put your body in danger just for the sake of a cool story. Exactly. This is a good warning to kids yeah, yeah. here on this podcast. And they said, thanks for keeping the smile on my face. Love the CBW show, by the way. Oh, oh thank you. Um, uh, and we'll end <laughs> off. <laughs> um, oh, uh, someone sent in a scripted advert for, because, um, you know, we do ad sponsorship and stuff. Yeah. So this is from Brett. <clears throat> Hey Luke and Ollie, I'm a first time emailer, but I've been a massive fan for a while. I watched CBW this weekend and absolutely loved it. So when this week at my school, we were tasked to make a podcast and create an advert for it. No. I right away thought of CBW. Eventually, I decided to make an ad for dog walkers in space. Uh, okay. And included the script below because I thought you might like it. Well, you know, of of the gags that were set up, I don't think dog walkers is ever referenced again. Um, but the gag that doesn't seem to have gotten over the dick power chewies. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> That's in every episode. We Dog d- Walkers was I came up with on the spot, whereas yeah. Dick Power Chewies I'd had It was actually your second choice as well. Dick Power Chewies. No, oh, you're yeah, the yeah. film. Well, behind the scenes, yeah. There was Tom was like, What are you what film are you watching? I I was like, uh, I am acting as Rick Thunder. I thought that would be a fun Little thing, thing yeah. but then I just could not. It, was, it created too many logic problems. Yeah. Uh, would you like to read this yeah, ad yeah, read yeah. before we okay. uh, end this off? So, oops, sorry, I'm putting you one there. Well, you can, Brett, you can use this in your school class project. Mm-hmm. Like I got an actual podcaster to read this out. Okay. Uh, but quickly, before we get back into the show, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Fox Studios' Dog Walkers. In space, coming to cinemas this summer. You love the original eight Dog Walker films with lead actor Golden Joe, 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 the former, former, 
wrestling star. <laughs> but now he's back in an all-new film where he's set to go where no dog walker has gone before. Space. Can he and his niece save the galaxy from the space mafia and their leader, who Golden Joe knows all too well? Or will the space mafia take over the universe? Find out this July in Dog Walkers in Space. Dog Walkers in Space. In Space, no one can hear you bark. Coming to a theatre near you. Um, so you didn't use the actual. <clears throat> they, but they said because it might confuse the teacher. <laughs> Uh, the real tagline is, of course, in spaces bark. I'm <laughs> confused by teacher. <laughs> uh, thank you for reading. Sincerely, Brett. Thank you, Brett, for that email. Delightful stuff. Uh, right, well, we've got to get out of here now. Uh, tomorrow on the show, it is me and Tyre Valkyrie. Whoa! Which will be very exciting, so be sure to tune into that podcast. And then on Saturday, it is Tempest and uh, Pete reviewing SmackDown and Rampage. And then on Monday, Ollie and I will be reviewing Whoa. AEW Double or Nothing. Tune into the live reactions over on the Rest Talk Podcast channel. Thank you all so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.